What's up, champs? Welcome to another episode of the Keeping Carlson Short Shifts Fantasy Hockey Podcast. I am your host, Ben Burnett, and I am going to invite everybody who's listening to welcome me, or to join me, in fact. Welcome me, and then join me in welcoming back our intrepid co-host, my friend and yours, the talented Mr. E. Lewis Ezekiel. Lewis, my pal, my friend, how are you this fine, fine Tuesday evening? I am doing great. I am so happy to be back in the studio with you, so to speak. I am uh, just ready to cover some content, and I just wanted to give you all the props. You guys really held it down. Uh, people seem to love the episodes uh, that you recorded uh, over the last you know, week and a half here, so really nice job, and uh, I really enjoyed listening to them, too. I'm happy to hear that. I know, though, that uh, just from from your appearances in the Keeping Carlson Discord and the Short Shifts channel over the past few days when you were taking a vacation from your vacation, uh, you popped in. You, you have a few things to you want to set the record straight, it seems like, on a few issues here. Really just one thing I want to talk about, and I want to jump into the ring here to defend my friend, my rival, my sometime enemy, Davey B, Dave Batten, who caught some strays from Elon uh, during the podcast about, uh, you know, I think Elon was trying to give me a nice compliment, uh, you know, about working the waiver wire. Uh, my team started 0-3. I made it to the playoffs. I'm going to get to play in Tier 1 again, which I'm very excited about. But... Uh, I feel like he implicated Dave a little much in my my rough start, and you know I I had to miss the the auction, and Dave uh, was willing to give up four hours to to draft on my behalf, which is a high pressure situation. But I w- asked him to do it because I know he's such a competitor. You know he was going to give his best effort, and I I really felt that I could trust him to do a good job, and he did an outstanding job. He followed our plan. Getting guys like Mac and Saros and Yossi, guys I really wanted on my team that I thought would be uh, points with value. He picked up Kadri and Rust. Uh, and so, you know, it was going to take time with a studs and duds approach to get my lineup filled out with the Duchesnes and Kairos and Ghost of Spares and stuff. Uh, so I wasn't surprised to have a little bit of a bumpy start. And by no means was that on Dave. So I just wanted to come out and publicly clear the air and say, I am so pleased uh, with the job that he did and uh, would recommend him to anyone uh, whose evil friends schedule a football Saturday and hockey draft day wedding. See, I think that the issue with this, Lewis, is that you're actually you're mending fences when what we need to be doing is ex- we need to be starting beef right now. I don't think that you should be trying to to make up the uh, like stand up for Dave. I think we should actually be going out of our way to create tension and drama because it's the end of the season. You know, those who are listening still shouts out to you guys, but we need to give them the we need to give them the goods. We need to to bring the heat. So I I'll say this. Screw you, cousin Dave. You, you did terrible, and if you did better, maybe Lewis would be uh, winning the championship next week. Got to throw that bloody red meat out there for the uh, for the fans to gobble up, huh? Exactly, Lewis. Let's get into the show, though. We have talked enough about Cupful and our teams. Instead, Impossible. let's talk about the latest news off the off the presses i almost said off the waiver wire and into our hearts instead it's coming off the presses announced a short time ago jack hughes is out for the season the devils have shut down their franchise player with a low-grade mcl sprain uh lord knows i i would assume that if they were making the playoffs he he might be looking for a return in the next few weeks but instead because the team is 
long out of the playoff race. They're shutting down Hughes. He will finish the season with 26 goals, 30 assists for 56 points in 49 games. And that is a 93 point pace for the 20 year old Jack Hughes. I want to say maybe 21. Um, but Lewis, I, I think the main thing is, is looking ahead now. As we look ahead to next year, this is a 90 plus point pace, 20 year old. Where should Jack Hughes be going in drafts next year? I don't know. As the only Hughes who did not go to Michigan, I, I really have no no patience or attention for Jack Hughes. No, I'm kidding. I think that uh, he, you know, he, at least on a, a per game basis, he really had the kind of breakout that we were hoping to see this season. Um, you know, really nice to see him put together that 93 point pace. I think you are right to be a little bit concerned about his potential Band-Aid boy status. This is a guy who has missed a lot of time to injury. Um, and, you know, we, we hope that that does not become kind of a, a permanent part of him, uh, his, his career, uh, at least as a fantasy asset. I, I think he's maybe like a, like a round two kind of guy. I think that's where I would be happy to draft him. Um, especially, you know, until maybe we see him play through a couple seasons and, and survive kind of the wear and tear, uh, that it puts on one's body. Um, but yeah, I'm thinking maybe like a second round talent here. What are you thinking? Yeah, I, th- I think that that's pretty much exactly right. Just because of, I mean, at least he made it through last year, played fi- all 56 games, but certainly seeing him take two lower body injuries this year just makes, yeah, it just makes you question. Maybe he's just still maybe a growing boy at the, the ripe old age of 20. So maybe he just needs to fill out that frame a little bit, come in with a little bit of weight on him. And uh, yeah, maybe he can survive an 82 game season. And maybe next year we see him challenge that 100 point pace mark. Uh, this is something I said to Elon last week, but it does seem as though there are going to be more players. It seems like there are more goals being scored, more players putting up, you know, a hundred point paces and, and things like that. And, it wouldn't shock me at all if if scoring stayed high that Jack Hughes were to hit that mark next year. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and in terms of ripple effect, you know, obviously this has, uh, I'd say the biggest negative effect would be for Igor Sharangovich. And I was having some whiplash because I was getting ready to say this is bad for him. And then he scored a goal from his third line slot. And now he's injured and not back on the ice after a fight. So it's just back and forth and back and forth with that guy. But, you know, obviously it's not good for anyone on the Devils. Um, and especially, obviously, very unfortunate for anyone uh, holding Jack Hughes into their fantasy playoffs. So we very much feel for you. Sorry about that. Let's jump right over to another 100-point player who's injured, and that's baby David Pasternak out uh, tonight and missed Monday's game. It's funny, I said baby David Pasternak because my initials are next to this topic, my initials (laughs) being BB, Uh, but now, you know, just thinking about little, little baby Davey. Pasternak left the Bruins last game with the injury and is out Tuesday night. He has been gelling, playing real well with Hall and Halla. Uh, Eric Halla in particular has been amazing down the stretch. I think he has 10 points in his last eight or something wild like that. Probably have to fade them, though. And and Halla in particular, who who seems to be, I would guess... You know, he's on a hot streak, so it's like, yeah, he could put up some points tonight, and this could sound silly, but it's hard to trust Halla without that the Pasternak uh, element of that second line in Boston. Yeah, and we really saw him elevate Hall as well. I think, you know, just like the Hughes injury, I think this is one that hurts the team overall. You know, it's bad for just about everyone down the lineup, goalies included. Uh, we did see... Um, Jake Dabrowski at least gets some run on the top line. Obviously, that's not directly related to the 
Pasternak injury, but the last couple games, that's where he's found himself. So uh, maybe an improved spot for him generally. But yeah, I think, uh, yeah, that's not great for, for the whole roster down. Not a whole lot to say about that other than get well soon, baby pasta. Uh, and if you're having trouble with all the BBs, wait until you have a BB section with Brock Besser coming up. Uh, so here was something that I saw that was kind of interesting coming up in our news here and maybe something that could have some, you know, benefits for folks down that stretch run. Carey Price been practicing in Montreal, uh, Coach Martin St. Louis saying all the right things about his progress. We don't know when exactly he's going to get in, but it certainly sounds uh, from Jake Allen uh, that the idea is to get Price some games and sort of see where he's at before the season wraps up. Uh, Allen played tonight, Tuesday, uh, and the remaining Montreal games this week include the Devils and Toronto. Uh, and then they have a nice setup next week with Winnipeg, Columbus, the Islanders, and Washington. Those first three games are Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Uh, which could be a good streaming opportunity for teams that already have two to three goalies. Uh, you know, I'm looking at this as maybe a good opportunity in leagues like the Cupful that give value to volume uh, because the Habs are giving up the fourth, fourth most shots per game in the league. Uh, so even if his rates aren't great, and certainly the last time we saw him uh, you know, he ended the season with a 901 save percentage. So not, you know, the kind of rates you're really hoping to see, but I feel like this is going to be a guy who's quite motivated. The team is playing better. Uh, you know, maybe this could be a good opportunity, uh, for a guy to, uh, you know, potentially, uh, put in some games that could turn some championship matches even. So. Let me ask you, how bullish would you be on a carry price return? I'm not saying you should sell the farm for this guy, but maybe if you were perhaps a Jordan Bennington owner, uh, Bennington really, you know, performing as poorly as he has for much of the season here, would you be willing to drop Bennington, who seems likely to lose significant starts to Huso moving forward, uh, for a guy like Carey Price? Would you be willing to take that risk? I mean, Lewis, what month of the season are we in here? Because the Huso-Binnington war seems to be long over. I feel like anybody who was counting on Jordan Binnington from October to January has already been forced to cut bait, probably eliminated from their fantasy playoffs at this point. Uh, I'm not particularly interested in price other than as a spot start, being that he's on a terrible team. Uh, we haven't seen him play in a year. Um, you know, if he was to be coming back two months ago, I think he would be interesting because you could see him with the time that's left. Um, if he hits a roll, he he could end up getting the lion's share of starts. But it really seems to me like kind of what we were talking about with Tuka Rask earlier this season, where it's like, all right, so Tuka Rask obviously has been an incredible goaltender at points of his career, but has also been a player who is going to get half of the starts probably moving forward. And therefore, there's a massive cap on his upside. Uh, but worse than Tuka, because Tuka's on a cup contending team, we're talking about Carey Price, who is on a cup losing team. Uh, that got way worse uh, since he last hit the ice. So, yeah, I'm not particularly excited about Price. If I've had him in my IR for months and he's a convenient guy to pop in a, a roster spot, like to to fill a, a game or something, that that's neat. But definitely not getting my hopes up or, or staking any sort of hope to the Carey Price return. 
All right. I think it's good to have that kind of, uh, that cautious approach, certainly. You know, obviously the coaches are going to be saying good things about him. They want to build up his confidence and have this, you know, uh, you know, just, just, this is a really important guy to the franchise. So I'm not surprised they're saying all the right nice things about him. But I think anytime you see news with this, you start to see that percent owned creeping up. So uh, I appreciate your, your cautious approach. Yeah. And I mean, it's not like he's unrosterable. It's just that I'm not going to, I'm not getting my hopes up about it. It's like, a few years ago when Scott Darling uh, went to Carolina and then was terrible and you could get him for free in any draft the next year, it's like, yeah, I'll take a shot on Scott Darling for free rather than like at the the eighth round cost that he had the year before in his first year in Carolina. I'll take Carey Price off the waiver wire for free and see what happens, I guess. But I mean, we're at the end of the season, so it's it's really hard to see him having an impact on this fantasy season looking ahead to next year, I guess is, is sort of where I'm, I'm most interested to see how he fares because I mean, it'll be hard to tell. It'll be hard to translate these numbers, but it would be nice to see him come back and, and put up some decent performances to, to give, I guess, I guess Habs fans a little bit of hope that he can, he can be the guy that he was before the injury again. Coming up, we have a couple of conversations about some bees in Colorado and Vancouver. Uh, You're listening to Short Shifts. This episode of Keeping Carlson is brought to you in part by our friends over at HelloFresh. That's right, HelloFresh, that company where they send you boxes of ingredients and instructions, and you're able to just turn them into these amazing meals. My wife, Dina, and I have been using it forever. Amazing results. We just had this tortellini today, which was delicious. And here is actually my wife, Dina, to tell you about how much she's enjoyed using HelloFresh. Okay, hi, guys. Here's the thing about HelloFresh that you may not realize. So Elon is, you might think like, oh, Elon is the best. He's probably good at everything because he's like slaying all his hockey podcasts and pools and whatnot. Tier one of the cup full. Yeah, yeah, yeah all of the above. But <laughs> My are... dynasty league. Okay, this is my ad. <laughs> so... The thing with Elon is, like, there are things he does not like to do, and then he just doesn't care for them. So a big contentious issue for us used to be, like, meal planning. Like, oh, my God, it's a new week. Like, what are we going to eat? And then Q and HelloFresh, like, problem literally solved. Elon is not, like, a kitchen whiz by any means, does not enjoy, like, coming up with recipes and executing them. But with HelloFresh... He loves it. The ingredients are there. The instructions are there. He's in his zone. He's cooking the meal. It's amazing. Every time the ingredients are fresh, they're coming into us. They're seasonal. They're delicious. The variety of recipes is amazing. So we're pescatarian. So we kind of mix and match some veggie options, which they're always more than what we can even uh, pick for a week. And then like a, a fish or seafood option that we can also uh, bring in and I gotta say like I'm sold it's like I used to be the main cook of the house now it's Elon just like churning out these delicious recipes day in day out and I'm just like okay keep going this is great 
All right, so if you want to have an impressed partner like I do, then check out HelloFresh. And if you think that even what you've heard isn't enough, you we even have a special offer for the listeners of Keeping Carlson. If you go to HelloFresh.com slash KeepingK16 and use code KeepingK16, you're going to get 16 free meals for free. You try it out for free. How about that? And three free gifts. So again, that's HelloFresh.com slash KeepingK16. Dina, thanks so much for coming on to uh, do this ad with me. Thanks for having me, and, you know, keep those meals coming. They're great. Welcome back to Short Shifts. Lewis, we're hopping on over to Vancouver. You mentioned the other BB, Brock Besser, my my BB in Christ. Uh, Brock Besser is not traveling with the Canucks. He is out until Friday at least. Besser has been ice cold, no points in his last four. He'd been healthy for the first time ever, though, the past two years. So my main thought with another Besser injury is I'm just hoping that we're not seeing the the reemergence of a Band-Aid boy here, like we mentioned with Jack Hughes earlier. Besser finishes the season pacing for 49 points, the worst pace since his seven-game rookie season. Are people going to be fading Brock in drafts next year? And if they are, do you think that's the right move? I think that he is a decent chance to bounce back. I think that, you know, uh, thinking about next year, just with so many unexpected sort of results that we had this season, I think it's going to be really interesting, as you sort of mentioned before, seeing who are the risers and who are the fallers. I feel like Besser could be a guy that you can now get along with a whole pile of other kind of hoodats towards the middle of your draft uh, who could provide a bunch of value if he can recapture his scoring touch and spend some time, you know, up in that good deployment in Vancouver. So I think people will be fading him. And I, I understand that impulse. And I think that, you know, you should certainly not be reaching for him just because it seems like a bounce back is, is a possibility or even a likelihood, but just sort of keeping an eye on grabbing him in a spot where you think that he can provide you some value compared to who else is available at that point. Uh, in your draft, I think could be a really interesting strategy, just in the same way that I think players who overperformed, like Yossi and Saros, for instance, are probably going to go a little too high next season. Yeah, I think that Brock Besser is a guy who you're going to be able to get him at like the 120 to 140 spot in your drafts next year. And it's not that he is guaranteed to bounce back, but it's like, his cost will be basically free and you'll get him late enough that you can drop him if he doesn't bounce back. Obviously, it'll be key to look at the lineups and, and see how things are shaking out. But even until this injury, as he's gone ice cold, he's still playing with Pedersen. He's still getting, you know, top line minutes. So as long as the deployment is there, he's going to be getting he's going to be skating with some really talented players. And it's really hard for me to see Brock Besser putting up another stinker or another season as stinky as this one. Yeah. You know, you can kind of think of him like, uh, maybe like a diet version of what Patrick Line was this year. Like people were so down on Line and, and reasonably so. Like he had been highly unproductive uh, and, you know, it led to that trade and then he wasn't great, but like he had such a nice bounce back. And I think Besser is capable of that type of bounce back. Um, maybe not to the same degree necessarily that we see from Line, because Line is an extremely talented individual when he kind of puts it all together. But uh, I see them as sort of in the same sort of realm of possible improvement, if not, you know, should be drafted near each other. I think that's a really good comparison. Yeah, because you're, t- you're talking about two goal scorers who are 
you know, started out their career as incredibly like darlings of the fantasy hockey world and guys who are looked at as maybe like the the new generation of goal scorers and then they fall on hard times, you know, it's like the the hero is down in the the third act of the film. Or fourth, I don't know how, I don't know how to, I'm not a Hollywood guy. (laughs) It's a a low part of the arc for sure. Yeah. Now he's ready for, he's ready to return. And hey, Brock Besser, he's got those Hollywood locks too. So uh, maybe this is an even uh, more, uh, more prescient comparison than I, than I expected. Lewis, let's hop over to Colorado next. We have a couple of players we need to talk about. In particular, I'm excited to talk about Andre Burakovsky, a player who is now on the top line in Colorado following an injury to Valerie Nashushkin, who may be back tonight, um, but it looks as though Burakovsky will keep that spot on line one where he played uh, in Colorado's last game. Uh, this has been since the Kadri and Landeskog injuries. Uh, the Avs down basically half of their top six at this point. But in the last game, Burakovsky played 20 minutes with Rantanen and McKinnon, had four shots on goal, popped an assist. I just I think it's worth mentioning this player because he's 44% rostered and may still be streamable in some competitive leagues. Uh, I would be looking for the guy playing even strength and power play with Nathan McKinnon. I don't know about you. Yeah, absolutely. I think 44% is kind of a crazy number. I think it maybe speaks to the number of leagues that are still kind of, uh, you know, sort of tailing off as the, as the season ends and teams kind of checking out. But yeah, 44% is too low. Uh, if you can get a guy taking that that wing spot with two elite talents uh, like Rantanen and McKinnon, I think you, you've got to pull that trigger. So yeah, if he's if he's hanging around in your league, um, you know, grab this guy. This was somebody that we really liked at, for stretches in Washington and has obviously uh, had flat, you know, some some solid production here too. So no reason not to grab someone with this kind of primo deploymento. And then continuing the Colorado talk, we have a couple of defensemen who look to be back soon for the Avalanche. Uh, Bowen Byram returning tonight, I believe, and Sam Girard back soon. Byram had a quick stop in the AHL where he got a conditioning stint in following the concussions that he had earlier in the season that sort of uh, messed up his, his sophomore season. I guess looking ahead at this point, right? Because it's unlikely that we see Byram or Gerard as guys who need to be rostered off the waiver wire. You sort of mentioned this when we were talking about Burakovsky, where it's like, we're at the end of the year, and yeah, it might just be general disinterest, but also, too, it's like, in most leagues, there are only four teams that are still playing for something. So the waiver wire, though it's not necessarily deeper, there are fewer people competing for those streamer spots. And Byram or Gerard, they they do seem to be a bit of a challenge to add with their current deployment. But looking ahead, these are two guys who have incredible offensive pedigrees. They have the chops. We've seen Colorado is the type of offense that is able to have more than one solid fantasy producing defenseman. Do we think that Gerard and Byram are draftable next year, or are these guys who, you know, it's going to be watch list time once again next year, or is there kind of a situation in which you could see them finding fantasy relevance at, by draft time? So I think that's a really interesting question. Um, first off, and I know we sound a bit like a broken record here, but really glad to see Byram back. I feel like he's our little, our little, 
baby chick who needs to be protected. We're all very concerned little about BB. making sure making sure that that little <laughs> BB stays healthy. We just don't, you know, he he has such potential, and it would be you know really a shame for him to be another one of those players that concussions uh, robs him of that opportunity. Um, so want to get that out of the way first. Obviously, when we were talking about, you know, uh, Colorado defensemen, we spent a lot of time thinking about, you know, Byram's, in a, you know, he's a great talent, but he does have this huge Kale McCarr shaped uh, impediment to his deployment standing in his way. And now really, we got to talk about Devon Taves as well, you know, uh, as of, you know, I think he surpassed 50 points, uh, or he's over 50 points now uh, in tonight's game, um, you know. He really has been a steal for Colorado, and I think he does throw up another potential impasse. I think it's probably fine for Taves, uh, not sorry, not Taves, but on Byram's development that he's not being thrust into a position where, you know, he needs to um, be super productive right away and he can take time to develop his game. Um, but I think in the short term, I would be looking at Taves and Gerard, or uh, Gerard and Byram. I keep doing that. Sorry. Uh, as, you know, the kind of players that I would pick up if you are in a draft where guys like Matthias Eckholm, who came up on Sunday's show with Elon and Brian, if he is a guy who is going, then I think you could be potentially interested in uh, Byram or Gerard. You know, definitely guys who are talented, but simply aren't going to get the kind of deployment that's going to be really conducive to their success, at least in terms of being a fantasy asset. Yeah, and... I guess that that is kind of the the question is does does Byram's ascent to meeting his possible potential um at any point give him that edge over Devon Taves? It's kind of hard to see that right now. And the, he's still a kid. We could see a massive jump from him, but it is a little challenging to see where that could come from uh between now and next year. So one more kind of unscripted add-on here, but just something that I noticed as I'm looking through the scores and some of the the box scores is that Sergei Bobrovsky was pulled again uh, in this game. Uh, it's Toronto versus Florida. And once again, Spencer Knight has come in and the team has rallied as we are speaking. Alexander Barkov has scored to put Florida ahead 6-5. to five. Um so, you know, we saw something similar happen uh, over the weekend and anybody who, you know, left night in a goalie spot, uh, got themselves a win after a really nice comeback. Is it, you know, uh, we've got Spencer Knight at 53% rostered uh, in Yahoo. Is this a guy that people should be going out to grab as a difference maker? Certainly you would grab Knight before Carey Price, I imagine, based on your previous comments. 100%. Yeah, no, I think that I guess we talked about goaltenders last week, and the main guy who I was excited about at that point was Semyon Varlamov, uh, a player who probably won a lot of people their weeks after they grabbed him off the waiver wire uh, in the first round of the playoffs. And now with Sorokin nearing a return, I'm wondering if I'm sure there are a lot of folks hoping that Sorokin takes a little bit of extra time to return. Um, but yeah, Spencer Knight is a, a player who I'm sure... Uh, the folks who rostered uh, Spencer Knight are disappointed they didn't hold on if they dumped him because Bobrovsky was back because it looks like he is the guy to to roster in Florida right now. I mean, I would imagine that the one impediment here is that we're so close to the playoffs that I would imagine that Florida wants to get Bobrovsky back on his game. So I wouldn't be surprised at all to see 
Brunette go back to Bobrovsky fairly regularly, but maybe we, you know, it's such a short sample size before the the fantasy playoffs are over. Florida has what, like five games between now and the end of next week. So if you could get three games out of Spencer Knight, that could be league winning stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, obviously the eighth and the ninth, they have a back to back. So you can imagine that the two goalies will split that time. But yeah, it'll be really fascinating to see who starts games against Anaheim on the 12th, Winnipeg on the 15th. Just something to certainly keep an eye on because Knight has been a lot more successful. And like I said, the team, for whatever reason, is just playing better in front of him. Uh, because they, they've made these amazing rallies. It's just been wild to see. You cannot count Florida out of any game, um, because they are coming back from some enormous deficits. Yeah, it really is like when Bobrovsky comes out, it's like, it's like day and night. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes, <All right>. absolutely. <laughs> all right, Lewis, that is all the time that we have for tonight. I'm being told by our, uh, invisible producer that we actually ran out of time before I made that last day and night joke, but unfortunately it did make the cut. Uh, thank you for joining me. I'm, I'm so pleased that you're back with me and I look forward to chatting with you again about fantasy in the very near future. A total pleasure. It's been super fun getting to to chat just like uh, just like the old days of of two weeks ago. So uh, good luck to everybody who are still in their matches. Thank you so much for listening to us, even if it is late in your season. Hopefully, you know we've been pretty forward thinking. I think with some of our our, our pickups today. So uh, you know uh, stuff that'll help you down the line too. Even if uh, like me, you have been eliminated from most of the uh, serious leagues that you are competing in, and if you are still going. All the best. I hope we can help you be successful there. Uh, please give us a follow on Twitter at ShortShiftsKK. Uh, back from vacation, back in action there. So we'll, we'll get a little more activity going for you. would love to answer some of your questions. Brian and Elon can be found at Keeping Carlson. Dave Benton, my friend, my rival of the Stream Scheme at NHL Stream Scheme. Uh, check out GameDayTweets.com, the new website that looks so good and has all of the tweets from at Game Day Lines, at Game Day Goalies, and at Game Day News. Uh, our intro and outro music was created by Pat Roach. And until we see you next time, play smart and keep your shifts short. 